We have been looking at John the Baptist and his teaching and preaching and work uh, with the Jews. And he's out in the wilderness and they're all coming to him. And uh, he gets a special guest coming to the wilderness uh, preaching sessions. And uh, this is 13 to 17, if somebody wants to read that. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan coming to John to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have, need to, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased. Okay. So, Jesus comes from Galilee to the Jordan to John for what purpose? To be baptized. To be baptized by him. Now, John has already had some difficulties with some people who've come to be baptized by him. Who is he not eager to baptize earlier? Pharisees. The Pharisees and Sadducees. Why didn't he want to baptize them? Yes, they weren't really worthy of his baptism. Why does he have trouble baptizing Jesus? Because he's not worthy. Of his because he didn't think his baptism was worthy of Jesus. Uh, after all, what was the purpose of his baptism? And Jesus didn't have any sins. So, I mean, you would think baptism wouldn't apply to Jesus. I mean, this just seems really awkward to John. How did John know anything about Jesus? You know? You know. They were cousins. They were cousins, yeah. So they knew each other. So he knew about Jesus' character and all that. I don't know that he necessarily knew he was the Messiah, at least not for sure, because John says he knew when the dove came on him, because that was a sign God had told him. But he certainly knew Jesus was not a wicked man that needed to be baptized. So, so why did Jesus say he wanted John to baptize him anyway? Do you think maybe it was part of maybe just like an example? Um, well, it certainly was that. But that's not what he says. What does he say? To fulfill righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. What does that mean? I think that's simple. To fulfill all righteousness means to make it complete. Yeah, to do everything that's righteous. Do everything that's right. This is a right, righteous thing to do. And Jesus did all the righteous things. I think that's his point. Not that he needed his sins forgiven, but John's baptism was a God-appointed act. It was a righteous act. Jesus did all the things that were right. And so he does this too. Clearly, Jesus, it, it, what did Jesus do to be forgiven of his sins? Didn't so he, he did nothing to be forgiven of his sins. Jesus is not a model of, how, of, of will do whatever he did to be forgiven of sins. Because since he didn't have any sins, he didn't do anything to be forgiven of sins. But he was a model of always doing right things. 
and this was one of those. So I think that's why he was. And so as soon as Jesus comes up out of the water, some amazing things happen. What happens? Yeah, the skies open up. And he, he sees a heavenly vision and hears a heavenly voice. What does he see? A dove coming down and lighting on Jesus. Which was the spirit in the form of a dove. And what does he hear? The voice of God. Yes, that says? This is my beloved son of whom I am well Yes. Now this foreshadows things that will happen later in, in, in John. Uh, for in, in Matthew. For example, that Jesus on some occasions, we read about him being empowered by the spirit. In John, in um, Matthew chapter 12, I was teaching John this morning. And uh, we hear the voice of the Father approving him in Matthew chapter 17. So this kind of predicts where we're going. And, and so you've got something really cool here. You have the whole Trinity. You have Father, Son, Holy Spirit right there. And it kind of reminds you, remember back in Genesis 1, what the Godhead said, let us make man now what do they say let us save man they are united in this uh, and you know it's interesting that that the father's endorsement of the son comes right after he was baptized right after he obeyed his father's will so he is the beloved son that leads us right into the next section where the devil's going to use Jesus being son as a basis for the temptations. All right, comments and questions about that. How do you get, let us save man? I'm just saying that's what Jesus' function is and you've got them all endorsing Jesus' role as the son who's come to save. Like in Acts, when, he was talk, when Peter was talking to Cornelius, he says something about like Jesus getting power by the Spirit. He does. He baptized. So yes. Jesus is before he was. Is, you said before he was baptized. No, when he was baptized. Yes, exactly. So the Spirit lighting on him was giving him his power. I think so. I think it was the symbol of Jesus receiving the Spirit, and it was through the Spirit that Jesus uh, was able to do the works that he did. That's a very good passage. It's Acts uh, 10, 30, 38. Uh, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And you also see that, you know, there's several passages, but consider a passage like Matthew chapter 12. In Matthew 12 and verse um, 28, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, you know, that shows you that the Spirit was the one through whom Jesus cast out demons. So, do you think that before this, he knew who he was? Like, he at least had an idea that he was something special, but do yes. you have any idea that you don't he think John knew? knew he was the Son of God? Look at John chapter 1. Oh, yeah. Well. No, is it John 1? Uh, let me look at this, yeah. John 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who is a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, 
but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. So John, uh, you know, baptized in water, you know, to manifest Jesus. Then look at verse 32. John testified saying, I've seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven and he remained upon him. I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him, this is the one who baptized in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the son of God. So the special sign that John had that he's the one who baptized in the spirit, that he's the Messiah, he's the son of God, was that the spirit comes down on him. So he knew who Jesus was. He knew he didn't need to be baptized, but the sign that proved he was the Messiah was the Spirit coming down on him. What about Jesus' knowledge of this? Oh, Jesus himself? Yes. I don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, when he was in the temple at age 12, he said, shouldn't I be in my father's house or about my father's business? Depends on your translation. He seemed to have realized some kind of special connection with his father at this point. So I don't know about Jesus' own knowledge or how that happened. I mean, he grew in wisdom in Luke 2.52. So I take it that, you know, he wasn't just born with the knowledge of who he was. But I don't know how all that happened. Good questions. We're, we're, true, we're actually in the end of, end of Matthew 3. You wouldn't know that by what we're talking about now. But Go ahead, Cass. Uh, we know how old he, Jesus is at this time? We do, roughly. In Luke 3, uh, verse 23, I think, it says, When he began his ministry, Jesus himself was about 30 years of age. So, he's about 30. Good questions. So, you think John just knew that he was a good yes. man? Just from being his cousin. Yes. But would there have been other good men that John would have said, I don't need to baptize? Not that we know about. There certainly weren't any good man, men like Jesus. Right, but how would John know? Uh, well, you seen, seen any uh, men you thought were sinless? <laughs> you know, if you know people very well, you pretty well know they are sinners, don't you? You've probably seen them mess up a few times. John specifically says it was the Spirit coming down that identified his role as the Messiah. I mean, that makes sense. I just don't quite understand how he knew he didn't need to baptize. I mean, if, if you knew... I mean, I, can you imagine what it would have been like to have grown up with a sinless person as your cousin? I mean, I assume that means, at least by the time he was of the age of accountability... He never lied. He never, you know, was disrespectful to his parents. You know, he never used bad language. He never, he never cheated. You know, he never lost his temper. You know, can you imagine growing up with a cousin like that? I mean, do you, have you ever seen anybody that, that never did anything wrong? Well, clearly not. Uh, but, I mean, have you ever seen anybody and got to know him pretty well? And you thought, well, maybe they've never done anything wrong. You know, I've never noticed anything at all that they've done wrong. If you know somebody very well, you've seen them do some things wrong. They probably told you about some things they've done wrong. You probably heard it from their parents, you know. Uh, 
you know. I mean, you wonder what Joseph and Mary thought. You know, because I assume their other kids messed up. But Jesus, I mean, he did some kind of weird stuff, like he stayed behind in the temple when he was 12. But, I mean, as far as doing something wrong, he never, ever did. I mean, I assume when he was a baby, he cried and had dirty diapers and all that kind of stuff. He was a real human. <laughs> but from the time he was accountable, he never sinned. Did they have diapers back then? I don't know. That's, a, that's maybe an anachronistic reference, but you get the idea. Cass? I'm a, I'm a little bit confused here. Do you think it's, it, well, I'm not confused, I'm just kind of, do you think it's him saying, like, I don't need to baptize you, or is he saying, like, you are better than me, so I'm not worthy to baptize someone that is better than me, or is it I don't need to baptize you at all, or? Maybe both. Do we have to choose between those two? I'm okay with saying both of those things. That, you know, he's, he certainly doesn't need to baptize him. And, you know, he wouldn't feel comfortable being the one to do the baptizing. We don't have a lot to go on. This is just what we know. You know I need to be baptized by you. <laughs> I mean, that'd be more, more reasonable. Well, let's go on to the temptation, chapter 4. Uh, wow, there is just uh, a lot of uh, very interesting things in this whole section. So chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he then became hungry. 